You are now listening to Portionality Podcast, a podcast dedicated to faith, culture, and that roller coaster we like to call adulting. I am your host, Portia D. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Portionality Podcast. And today, I have my special guest. It's none other than my homegirl, Liz. Elizabeth Pollard is with us on the show, and we are talking about sisterhood, y'all. We're talking about sisterhood and friendship. So welcome to the show, Elizabeth Pollard, my girl, Liz. Hey, Liz. Hey, Portia. Hey. (laughs) How you feeling? I'm feeling good, excited to be on this podcast with you. A little nervous, but I'm sure once we start talking, that'll go away. You girl, you know I got you. So, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Liz and I have been friends for a minute. We've known each other for a total of 10 years, right? Right. And we've been particularly close for the last six years or so. Yeah, it's been six years, Liz. Where's the time going? I don't know, girl. <laughs> and the beautiful thing about sisterhood and friendship is when it's real, you lose track of time sometimes. And it's such an investment and it's such a great love. And it's something that I pray that every black woman gets to experience is the spirit of sisterhood and friendship. Real friends, not like associates or acquaintances or just people you can just like, you know, just chill with when you feel like you want to chill, but people who you can actually cultivate relationships with. And so, Liz... I want to ask you, girl, what is friendship and what is sisterhood and what's the difference? So what is friendship and what is sisterhood? I think I'll go with sisterhood first. So um, I think that it's possible to be someone's sister and not necessarily be their friend. So if I think about familiar relationships and siblings, you love each other, you're tied through blood or just close relation for our play sisters and we love each other and we show up for one another. Um, but for whatever reason we may grow apart, the relationship may not be as strong, but because I love you, I'm going to show up. Um, so we don't have to talk every day. We don't necessarily have to be super close. I'm showing up if you are in need. So I think sisters, it, it can be, it can go back and forth. It can either be a super strong bond where your friendship exceeds the level of friends and you feel super connected to that person Or you can just love that person and be willing to show up for them, if that makes sense. So what does showing up look like? (laughs) Um, So I I think about an instance um, some years ago when a friend of mine lost a relative. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't spoken in a while. But I knew that this loss devastated her. I knew that it was incredibly painful. And I was nearby. I was home visiting for Christmas. And there was something in me that said, you need to get to her. You need to bring her food. You need to bring her water. You need to show up for her because this is your sister. And she happens to be our Spellman sister. So I think that is an example of showing up when you know that somebody that you love or have loved is in need, you jump into action. That's real. That's real. I think you're right. Because when I think about 
the people who I may not necessarily be in close proximity to or people who I may not necessarily talk to on the regular, but I still consider them to be my sister, right? So for instance, we had a Spelman sister who celebrated um, a huge milestone in her, in her life. And so what did I do? I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to send her flowers because I think she's really, really excited about this and this means something to her. So I sent her flowers and I'm like, you know, I can't physically be there, but I know that this is something that you've really been working hard for. And this is something that really means something to you. And even though we don't talk on the regular, like we used to, or even like see each other, I'm going to be able to support in the best way I know how, and to do something that is symbolic that I'm present with you and trying to support you. I think it's so important that we talk about showing up and in the sisterhood. And so I think you brought up a really important important point that how um, sisterhood is in the showing up. And so think about S's, right? So sisters, show up. I like that, especially Spelman sisters. Ow. For real. <laughs> yeah, and we do. And I think um, Spelman, you know, not to brag on Spelman College, but y'all know I love me some Spelman. You know, I think Spelman and I think maybe even all women, uh, all women institutions do an excellent job of helping us to cultivate sisterhood. And whether it's from being in class with one another, whether it's helping to share in, in each other's burdens, whether it's just walking down the, you know, walking down the quad or walking down the street and be like, hey, yo, girl, your hair is laid or your nails are fly or your shoes are on point. Like just, it's just like in the, in the encouraging of one another. And so I love the spaces where women can come together, especially now, you know, because men are crazy, <laughs> certified crazy. But you know, that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> on certified crazy men. But we need sisters and we need people to, to move as sisters. And so now that we know what a sister is, so what constitutes a friend? So for me, a friend is somebody I can be my complete and authentic self with. Somebody who is willing to accept Liz on her best day and on her worst day. Um, A friend is an ally. A friend is somebody who will champion my cause. A friend is also somebody who will tell me, you're acting up. So you need to get it together. I don't know what's going on with your life. I don't know whether you need to schedule a session with your therapist. But something is off. And so I am really appreciative of friends who are honest with me. I don't need yes people. I need people who are dependable, people who are loyal, and people who will call me um, to account when I'm acting up. Mm. So people who are loyal, people who hold you accountable. So in essence... All sisters aren't necessarily friends, but friendship should require some level of sister accountability or brother accountability if it's male, you know, if it's a male. And so that's all good, too. And so I think that's important because when I consider like when Jesus calls us friend, like I'm no longer, you know, just the savior, you know, and just teacher, you call me rabbi, but I call you friend. And just thinking about the privilege that it means to be called a friend and how endearing that is. And so Liz, you're a minister. So when Jesus calls us friend, how important is that? You know, that's something I'm still working through. Um, and part of that could be because I just finished commissioning such ordination paperwork, answering the question, what does the statement Jesus is Lord mean? So my brain is there. But I think part of when Jesus calls the disciples friends, what that is about is him revealing his plans. So before they had this teacher-student relationship where there was some necessary distance in between um, what was going on with him and his spirit and 
what the disciples were allowed to know. But as the end got closer, he gave them special insight into what was going on with him. And so this teacher, you know, slash master student servant relationship um, is disrupted a bit because I think and it could have been that Jesus is craving a different level of intimacy because he knows what he's about to face, that this is going to be particularly difficult and, and, and excruciatingly painful and hard. And so he needs support in ways that he may not have needed it before. So whereas they leaned on him for, for, for daily sustenance, they leaned on him for direction, they leaned on him for guidance, it's flipped a little bit. He needs mutual support. Um, and he needs them to show up in particular ways. And and one of the ways that you do that is to tell people what's going on with you. Mm. So I think he expresses his love for the disciples. Um, he breaks down that teacher-student barrier in the sense that he, he lets them know what the plan is, although they don't get it. <laughs> but at least he tried, you know? He tried. <laughs> he um, tried. To some point, we are in that same space. Jesus invites us to be friends, but friendship is heavy. Mm, say more and everybody is not trying to deal with the weight of being a friend of jesus and a friend of god you know we sing the worship song and we like it and it sounds good and it feels good um but there's some accountability there Mm. that we don't like and we don't necessarily deal with and i keep i keep going back to the garden where jesus is like why are you asleep like you need to pray for me and i feel that like i feel Jesus, like how, like you all really don't understand. Like, I just need your support in this moment. I need you to show up for me. I need you to stay awake. This is not the time. Um, And so I do think that a part of Jesus was allowing himself to be vulnerable and to let them in. We know Jesus kind of had the three that I like to refer to as the crew (laughs) who who had access to more of the ministry than the others. But I think in, in his final moments, um, he was expressing his love for them and an invitation to, to higher and deeper relationship. That's good. That's real good. James, John, and Peter and Jesus, mm-hmm. hashtag squad goals. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, that's, but, a, that's a stretch. That's a reach. You know, I, I was talking about Peter with a friend back to the garden again and how, you know, Peter cut that man ear off. That's <laughs> And I was like, you know, sometimes you got to keep a goon in your camp. Like, you need somebody who knows how to handle some things. But no, Peter was an interesting biblical character. Um, You know, but I rock with Peter, though. Because Peter, you know, is hashtag, you know, church church colloquialism, whatever, that word. Um, (laughs) Church church dialect. We be calling him the thug, you know. It's like, yo, Peter was a thug. He was gang gangster, and it's like, yeah, he was. He was. He was legit, and he was real. And so I try to tell people like, there's always you can find yourself in the Bible in somebody's character, okay, and somebody who walked. And Peter is a lot of people, (laughs) believe it or not. And so you mentioned um, vulnerability, and I love. Brene Brown and how she's always talking about vulnerability and intimacy and how one we need to do that in order to be more authentic and be more real in our relationships on our jobs um, with people and so 
I think you name something that is important in both aspects. And so I wonder, does sisterhood require the same level of vulnerability that friendship does or are they different? I want to say yes and no. Because of the definition that I gave of sisterhood, it complicates things a bit. Um, And full disclosure, I'm an only child, so... Um, I am a sister to people through, through through relationships and connections and not through blood. So I guess you could argue that I don't know what it's like to be a, sis, a blood sister to someone. Um, but so we'll do both. So in terms of, I actually think that level of vulnerability is required, whether you're close to your sister or not, because there still is that connection there. There still is that experience that you have with them way back then that prompts you to act. Now, you may not tell them all your business in the present like you would a friend, um, but at some point in time, you were vulnerable. You did let them in, and that was special. And that doesn't go away just because you're not close with that person anymore. Makes sense. That makes sense. So... I kind of mentioned briefly before how we've been friends for like 10 years, but we really got close over the last six years. In year three, we kind of got even closer because, so year three would be seven years ago, because we were accountability partners in our junior year and we started to pray together. And so... And we were just kind of like, okay. I was like, you know, we're matched together. Let's make this, you know, make, let's make this thing happen. And we prayed together and we would be vulnerable with one another. And, um, in that we both came to the realization how we were going to seminary immediately out of Spelman and we journeyed together in that. We applied to schools and, you know, we went back and forth about, oh, what are we going to do? Like, and we got nervous on some things. We got scared about some things. We were to laugh, to cry. And then, um, I particularly remember, and it was actually this time, actually, because it was in January, but it just makes me think about the moment where we decided that we were going to fast. And so Lent is coming soon. And so, you know, fasting is on my mind. And so I particularly thought about and what ways do sisters hold each other accountable and friends hold each other accountable in their faith walk and for you and I we did that together and fasting about school I remember us you know having them water bottles and we just drinking straight up water praying to God about decisions and God answered and I think it's important to remember that Christ calls us into community with one another and that friendship and sisterhood and brotherhood is all very biblical. It's all very uh, foundational to the Christian faith. And so I think that's so important for people to remember. So um, I want to just say to people who are listening, if you don't have an accountability partner, find yourself one. Even if it's not your closest friend, even if it's someone who you don't necessarily consider to be your sister and or brother, you might be able to cultivate and develop a relationship over time simply because God has placed you all together for a particular purpose and for a particular reason. And so fasting and praying together requires vulnerability. It requires honesty. And look at uh, Liz and I now we are super close we are super dope but yet we live in different spaces we're actually like legit a thousand miles away from each other and we talk we talk a lot I think we talk a lot we text almost every day and we talk about everything under the sun it has been rewarding and it is a most it is one of the most rewarding friendships that I have ever been in and I have ever experienced and so um especially 
to have a sister who is a sister and friend who is a thousand miles away, like literally, and to be able to have a relationship that is not bound to time nor proximity. And so, Liz, what is your um, ideas and thoughts about cultivating relationships, friendships, sisterhood, brotherhood, even when you're not necessarily next door? I think that having friends and support system are essential you cannot do life without community and I always think about something my mom says and she has said this to me since I was a child and what she would say is you have friends for different reasons so you have friends that you kick it with at the house you have friends that you go shopping with you have friends that you go out to eat with and then you have friends that you call when your mother has died <laughs> and people who show up for you in different ways um, I know for a fact that I would not have been have been able to survive the last two years um, of my life without sustaining friendships, which is why I'm so grateful for you and, and so many of our other sisters. You need people. And I think we grew closer together, partly because we were both called. And so there was a particular type of relationship that we and support that we needed because everyone doesn't understand this call. Everyone doesn't understand what it's like to be called to serve the church specifically. We have a lot of friends who are in the academy, different call to the academy than to the church. And so it is important to have people who you can share everything with, who won't judge you, who will hold the things that you need held in confidence, who will correct you, and who are willing to show up um, when you need them to. And you may not talk to them every day, you may not even talk to them every week. You may not even talk to them every month, but you still need those people who, you know, know you and who love you just because you exist, especially in ministry, because in ministry, people will attach themselves to you to feed their needs. And so everything is about what they can get. Everything is about how you serve a particular purpose in their life. Everything is about how you and your gifts can be used as a tool for their benefit. Even when that's not their even when that's not their intention, it still ends up happening. So you need people who know who you are as a minister and just as a person. Mm, that you just drop gems and a word, and it's time to pass the offering plate because that <laughs> you know, and that was just like wow. Um, and you even brought me back to to remembering like. We have journeyed together because of the call and because of the particular purpose. And wow, like it's just wow. It it really is. And it is my prayer that everyone would have an opportunity to journey with someone in their particular industry or their particular field who they can talk to and converse with and bounce ideas and things off of, but also in intimacy and in in love in their spiritual walk with God because it's not easy especially being a 20 something you know adulting is real adulting is hard adulting is difficult you know if somebody told you that was easy they lied and you should you know you should really report that you know because it's not it's not true um it's hard but you know what makes it more comforting is knowing that you're not alone in it. And I think that's what the importance of friendship, sisterhood, brotherhood is, is knowing that you're not alone. We weren't created to be alone. We were created to be in community and we were created to be, you know, in love with one another and in, in, in harmony and unity and all this other good stuff, you know, in any case, Liz, it has been a pleasure having you girl. You know, I love you. 
I love you too, girl. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Portionality Podcast. Can't wait to hear from you when you email me directly at portionality at gmail.com with your topics and with your listener questions. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at portionality. And as always, peace, light, and love, and namaste to you.